Hey, Rockville. It's Susan Pittman. I'm in the garage with Jamie Espinosa. How's it going, Jamie? Good, Susan. So we just had an election. Yep. And I think we want to chat about that. I think that's a really great thing to talk about. All right. So a couple of things off the bat that I want to put out there that we got wrong. I think before the election, and we've commented on this before on different podcasts, we didn't have that many people who we thought were going to run run. No, I thought there'd be like 20 people. There was not. Yeah, I think it was the same number of candidates as in 2019. Yeah, but two more seats. The other thing I don't know that we've commented on is the fact that a lot of people who are involved in city issues who we assumed were going to run did not run. That's correct. There's a lot of folks who, you know, they're involved, but I wouldn't put some of them in that hyper-involved category. Yep. So what do you think that's about? You know, the tw- this campaign, we've talked about this before, the 2019 campaign compared to this one was much more, con- I, there was a lot more, I don't know, like fighting. And it was more hotly contested, I think. I right. think it was more, and you know, some of that was driven by the mayoral race in 2019. This one was more collegial. It was more, um, it was just kind of, meh, you know, there was not a larger voter turnout. I don't think people cared as much about it. Right. So, you know, I think there was some of that, but I think people, some people were, after 2019, like, I'm still recovering. You know, it just, it was, it was just different. It was a lot more acrimonious. Right. So it must have been the lack of two slates in this election that made it less acrimonious. Uh, that probably so. Probably so. And a different dynamic in the mayor's race. So let's talk about the results. Now, I, I went back, listened to a couple of podcasts, and realized we did not actually make predictions in any podcast before the election, though you and I did go back via text a few times mm-hmm. to put out our predictions. Right. So the mayoral race, let's talk about that one first. Okay. Any surprises? No, not at all. So so I was wavering on this one based on how much money Mark Prishela pumped into this one. Yeah, I agreed. It was a, it was an astonishing amount of money. However, at the last minute and last minute conversations I had with people on election day, I was became convinced that Monique was going to win and it wasn't going to be close. And the analysis given to me, or that um, that someone. Uh, convinced me of that was the fact that when he got a lot of high-level endorsements from mainstream Democratic candidates in Montgomery County, and that the majority of Rockville voters are Democrats, registered Democrats, and that they saw those endorsements when they Googled her, Mm -hmm. and that's how they made their decision. What do you think of that analysis? I think that's part of the equation. Um, Monique has an uncanny sense of timing. And what I saw at the end was that kick in for her. And she really made that last minute push. She really watched carefully those ballot reports of how many ballots had been returned. And she timed things sometimes a little like, oh, my gosh, are they going to, you know, it was kind of a nail biter. Like, is this going to get done? And it did. It did every time. And her time, she just has that a classic politician sense of timing like it's just and i don't mean politician in an ugly way but she she just reads the room and and she also is plugged in to a variety of activist groups 
right? right? right. Like that, that come from different uh, demographics. Yep. Monique will listen, you know, she, you can disagree with her and she'll still listen and won't try and tell you why you're wrong. I mean, it, it's, she's got, she's just good with people, great timing. Um, at, at the beginning of the campaign, I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be a landslide. She's going to win in an absolute landslide. I, I began to think Mark was going to close the gap and it was going to be a lot tighter than it ended up being. I don't know that I would characterize her win as a landslide, but it was a decisive win. And so by, I kind of went, I thought, well, you know, it'll be close. And then by election day, those last 10 days, it's like, mm, no, she's got this and there's gonna be a gap. And it might not be a landslide, but there's gonna be a gap. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess at the end of the day, listeners, we weren't necessarily surprised about that. The mm-hmm. final mm-hmm. So how about cancel? Any surprises with who won? Nope. Yeah. No. No. And <laughs> I mean, listeners, you know, they don't have access to our text messages, but I think we predicted the final six. Yep. I think the campaign and who showed up at debates and who was door knocking and whose mailers went out. Uh, and timing of those mailers, um, I don't think there are any surprises. The only thing I will say is the final vote count. I was a little surprised. What did, what surprised you about the vote count? So I thought Adam Van Grapper was going to get the most votes, and it ended up being Kate Fulton. Yeah. I thought she was going to come in third behind Adam Van Grapper and Zola, and she came in first. And Zola came in third. So that was not a surprise. I... I... I don't know that I texted this to you, but I had Kate as number one for a while. Uh, now, I did think Adam would come in. Where did Adam come in? Second. Okay, so I had that one right, too. Azola, I had a little bit further down. I thought Barry would come in third. Oh, see, I had yeah. I had Barry in last, which at final vote count, he did come in last. So okay. we'll get there. But the top three, I think we, we called. I, I was wrong with Kate. I think the analysis, though, on reflection is, she appealed I, I mean this isn't negative but you know you get six votes for council i think she was a lot of people's second or third vote you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and i say that i think she appealed to people who voted for mark Rashela. i think she appealed to people who voted for Bernie gashton and i think she appealed to a lot of people who didn't vote for me yeah yeah and and i know you want to talk about that count here in a minute but no. kate kate's really professional she comes across as a you know, very professional person. And um, I I don't, I mean, I don't, as far as rankings, like how many people had her a second. So she got, you know, a lot, bunch of votes. I don't, the math kind of makes my head hurt, but that one, I think she's just an appealing candidate and and leader. Yep. In talking to voters, a lot of folks told me that they thought she was the most put together of the council candidates. Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. That says yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, in the bottom three winners, now all these people won, so let's put that out there, right? Right, they absolutely. Won. So David Miles coming in fourth did not surprise me based mm-hmm. on the fact that I don't think he campaigned as hard as he did the first time oh, around. No, I think I got one. We talked about this with um, with the neighbors uh, right before the election. I got one mailer from David. I don't know. Maybe, did Jack or Jan say they had... Received two? Uh, the, the hand, hand delivered. Hand delivered, right. right. So a walking card and a mailing right. card. Yeah, he did not campaign as hard 
as he had previously. That said, we both were saying in offline conversations, if he runs, he's going to win right. again, right? Right. Like, he just had to have his name on the right on the ballot, and you know, I don't think he did the minimum because I did see him walking. Oh, sure. You know, he sure, just sure. didn't work as hard. Now, the, the final two, um, I got incorrect order: Marissa Valeri at five thousand nine hundred ninety-five, and Barry Jackson just. Uh, couple a few you know 30 less now here's the question that i have about marissa where she ended up she ended up you know almost 2000 short of Isola and far beyond kate she, i think she should have done a little better based on the slate she was on and my kind of you know i'm thinking that she's going to need to put in a little work to make sure she appeals to a broader swath of, of people. Because I don't think a lot of folks who voted for Kate and Azola and Monique actually voted for Marissa. That might be true. Marissa is, she is not as conventional as, the, even as Azola. I mean, Azola comes off as a, as a conventional, I know she thinks of very unconventionally, but she comes across as a conventional candidate. Absolutely. Marissa offered voters something different. She offered representation for people who feel they are un, have been unrepresentative, unrepresented and literally have been unrepresented. I mean, not, they don't just feel that way for no reason. So I think one of the things that increasing the seats did for the city, it did what it was supposed to do. It increased representation. And Marissa is appealing to people who feel underserved, unheard. And what I know of Marissa is that she will serve and will hear the people who have been left out of, of having a voice in government. Um, does she need to appeal more broadly? We'll see how the next three and a half years play out, right? right. We'll right. see how that plays out. Um, you know, I, I I thought we had Rockville has an embarrassment of riches in so many ways, and that includes candidates. There were some terrific people who did not win, um, as well. Um, but I think that there was a lot of, and I God, I want to be careful how I say this. There's these people are amazing, but there's a conventionality to them. There's kind of a they behave as you expect them to behave. As a, and, and Marissa doesn't. Um, and even Barry, to some extent, is so open and so friendly and so easy and accessible that he, he looks a little bit more like the conventional candidates, but he's a little different, too. He, he comes more across as just the average neighbor. Right. Street, right. Right. Like that's right. that was my sense from his campaign was, oh, no, this guy's just an average He's President. our neighbor, right. right? He's our neighbor, and but that's kind of like again that speaks to like this is not a fancy person. This is someone who knows what I knows what my life is like and will listen to me. And so I think those second those last two seats, I think that is a great service that the current mayor and council, the ones that are rotating off, did for our city, is they gave people who aren't heard they gave them a voice no, no that, i really appreciate no that's that. fair the first of the top four finishers i would put in more conventional candidate right. and the bottom two not right? yeah right so no no and 
as you pointed out, a lot can happen in three or four years. Power of incumbency comes into play. That's so, right. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I am optimistic to see um, what happens over the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, me too. I have this this council, incoming council. I know they're new and all that good stuff, but I am very hopeful. I'm looking forward to them. Let's talk, the let's talk about the bottom six. Okay. Well, let's not talk about Harold Hodges, who ended up six, because I don't think anybody knows who that is. Um, he did not actively campaign, from my understanding. So the, the top five, I, I uh, Paul Scott, mm-hmm. Richard Gottfried, Anita Neal Powell, Ricky Mew, and Daniel Belay. Okay. I, I, I saw them at the debates, or at least at one of them, where mm-hmm. they all were present. Um, Daniel Belay, just let's be honest, I think he was in over his head, right? Yeah, yeah, but somebody to nurture, right? Yeah, somebody absolutely. to bring along. Yeah, cared, cared enough to get a hundred votes to get on the ballot, right? And to show up and mm-hmm. you know put something together. All right, let's talk about the remaining four who I think were you know real campaigns. Um, Ricky Moo, starting from the bottom. I think it's Moy. Moy, sorry, I've yeah. done that and I, I apologize. Ricky Moy, let's be honest, a. I don't know that he was as open, but I think it was an open secret. He's a Republican, right. and I'm the first to say that a Republican can't win city council. You can be an independent, be a conservative, or a libertarian independent, but if you are a registered Republican, you will not be in Rockville City Council. That's probably true. That's probably true, and he got called out as a Dan Cox Trump right. supporter. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different flavors of Republican the same way there are Democrats. Um, no, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think anybody registered as a Republican is going to struggle in the city of Rockland, well, and in Montgomery County, period. Um, but I think that that definitely hurt that that came out. That right, right. Came, yeah. I think there's things with his... The way he comes across that did not help him as compared to the winners, right? Like mm-hmm. he did not come across as put together, I think, of a, a, a campaign. So there is that. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some stuff going for him. I mean, he's a, he graduated from the Naval Academy. He's a veteran. I mean, he's got all that. He's got good experiences. He's got stuff. I've heard, I have not met him, but I've heard he's very enthusiastic and right. a very warm person. So there's stuff, there's ingredients there. Sure. Just something's got to, right. you know. So Anita Neal Powell was the next uh, runner-up. I just don't think she, she's a nice person who, you know, is somebody who I would highly consider voting for for a lot of positions. I just, you know, this wasn't her time against the people who she was running against i think anita needed a champion you know what i mean like she needed someone to really dive in and help her i didn't see a whole lot i don't i haven't looked at the last round of campaign finance reports but i don't know that she received a lot of donations and i don't know i think that's one thing first time candidate the mistake that we make as first time candidates is that we don't lay a groundwork we jump in and i think I think Anita probably laid some good groundwork 
for another maybe a more maybe a successful run in four years right yeah yeah absolutely now let's talk about richard Gottfried, perennial candidate i would say at this point right like we can say that right um he's run a, f- a few unsuccessful times I, I got the sense from this campaign as opposed to 2019 that he was trying really hard this time around yeah i feel like last time around he was just running to run this time around, I saw more signs. I saw mm-hmm. more mailers. Um, I saw his car where he puts his sign on top of the car driving around the city more. I thought he was a lot more polished in the debates than he has been in the past. So I, I actually think he was putting forward the effort. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the reason he d- can't cross the finish line in a, as a winner? I really think that... Um, you have to do more than be a former president of your civic association. You really have to put your and and Rich Rich and I were presidents. I was president of Urca and he was president of Twinbrook. We overlapped. I think he he if I remember correctly and I might be a little bit off on the dates, but I think he actually stepped down from the Twinbrook civic. No, I know that's true because I remember meeting Marissa and I was still president. So we overlapped a little bit as neighborhood presidents, um, civic association presidents. But he, I don't know that Rich has really done anything in the city since that would have been like 2017-ish, 2018-ish. And I don't know that he's really done anything else. And you really have to do something else. You have to sit on some other board, be involved. You can't just be a civic association president. You know, Marissa was Twinbrook Civic Association president. She's also co-founder of the Rockville Pedestrian Ad- Advisory Committee and has done some other things as well. Yeah, she's also on Charter Review Commission. Charter right? Review Commission. Yeah. Marissa has been consistently involved at a high level in the city. Um, and so that is, you know, the, if you when you look at the two Twinbrook candidates, that's a big reason why she came out on top. She's got those experiences. The one thing, and I agree with everything you, you've said, the one thing I'll, I'll add is I think Rockville voters are smart mm-hmm. and Richard plays games. He's playing politics when mm-hmm. he runs, right? Like he sends mailers to Republicans and alludes to maybe him being a Republican. And then he'll send different mailers to Democrats and allude that he's a Democrat. Um, oh. He'll uh, make it seem like he's been on council before with some of the words he used about being the only experienced candidate. Um, right. There was that. He did say that he was the only experienced candidate. And that confused me because if you really look at his record, if I'm not mistaken, he has sat. He has been Twinbrook Civic Association president. I don't know that he's done a lot else. Right, in the city. and I, I think he tries to come across as he has been elected before. Right, uh-huh. like he he tries to act like he's an incumbent, mm-hmm. um, where he's just not genuine. As opposed right. to like some of the winners we pointed out, right? right. Like Barry Jackson and right. Marissa, who just aren't. I, I, I don't think they're playing politics. Maybe some of the other candidates are, but all of them, all of the winners, came across as genuine, right? right. Where Richard comes across like, oh, I'm, I'm, pl- I'm playing politics to try to win, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so there is that. All right, let's talk about Paul Scott, the first runner-up, right, closest to, 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 to winning, who did not. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know who met him liked him. Mm-hmm. 
and either voted for him or would have voted for him with the exception is he didn't show up to the debate right right like i feel like his timing and work schedule just, just don't plan trips when you're running for office right yeah. that year try to avoid it if you can I, that, that's the sense i got i think he could have overcome barry jackson yep had he just been here and put in Time. Yeah, had he been able to really invest the time to do it, um, he's incredibly likable, authentic person. I I, I agree with you on that, right. and he's got some terrific um, management experiences. And at a time, you know, this this mayor and council is going to hire a new city manager and onboard them, and and you know all that good stuff. It, it he's got some terrific HR experience. Yeah, that would so. have been good. Uh, but Kate does too, and Mar- and Monique, and you know they've all got good experiences that'll that'll help with uh with that so the wanna, big first thing they're going to have to do. Want to talk about the referendum? Yeah, I, that's what really surprised me. So the, the the election of the people was not a surprise. The referendum was right. So question one was the voting age should it be decreased to allow sixteen and seventeen year olds to vote? I think we both thought it was going to pass. Though I was very adamantly against it yeah i was very much for it and because you learn to be a good citizen by being a good citizen um but i don't i you know i figured it would be close yeah and it wasn't it was overwhelmingly no right so that showed me one i'm wrong rockville is not as progressive Mm -hmm. as people think it is um, and I usually don't think of myself as being all that progressive. I was like, oh, look at me. Right. So that's just an interesting. I mean, what do you think? As someone who's opposed to it, my, I don't think it was parents who voted no. I think a lot of the no votes were retirees. I'll oh, be just blunt, absolutely. Blunt and honest. About it was it, right? you and a bunch of 70 year olds. Right. No, I yeah. really do think that's who voted no. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I just, I think that we are, and I'm sure we've, we're just at a point where we need to bring kids along. We need, they're not babies. They're not babies. Right. And if we're worried about affordable housing for them, if we're worried about their future, we need to make them better citizens and we have to start younger. I appreciate that sentiment. Yeah. Wow. The 17 year old who put together my Taco Bell order at lunch today messed it up. So I would rather that person yeah. vote. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, I'm just saying, oh my God. Um, okay. I could, let me tell you about all of the uh, grown ass adults who screw things up every single day. Come on. Uh, question two non citizen yeah. voting. I think we were on record. I thought it was going to pass. Uh Uh-huh, I did too. It overwhelmingly did not pass, though I waffled on whether or not I wanted it to pass. I just don't know in a local election why you can't use your green card instead of, you know what I mean? No, I I get the policy arguments. Um, It seems that I would think for the very same people who voted no on question one, they voted no on question two. It's a bunch of Mm 70-year-olds. Who, you know, for traditional reasons, just didn't want to go there. Here's the other thing, though, Jamie. Here's what I wonder, too. Because Rockville's not that old, right? I think we have a fairly young median Mm -hmm. age that doesn't... But older people do tend to be the ones who vote. What I wonder is, do we say all these things out loud and then in the privacy of the voting booth, 
vote like a bunch of bunch of old people, stereotypical old people. I don't. I shouldn't. We shouldn't be doing that. We there could be like. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be stereotyping people. But is that that's what I wonder? Are we saying one thing in public because it's a lifestyle choice and because we live in Montgomery County, and then voting a different way? It could be. You know, maybe I've always joked with people that the further north you go on 270, mm-hmm. the more conservative you get. True. And uh, who is it? Tacoma Park mm-hmm. was the ones who passed the non-citizen voting, right? They're south of us. Yeah. Maybe we're just, you know, mm-hmm. a little yeah. more conservative. Um, Could be. Just, we want to get a little further away from DC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that that very well could be. Uh, question three, term limits. I don't think, so I was opposed to term limits. I put that on record, though I thought this was going to pass. And I think Matt Perkins on a podcast said, anytime it's on a ballot, it passes, right? right? Which is right. what I've read. And so I don't think this is a surprise. What did surprise me is how overwhelmingly it Mm-hmm. The most votes in this election went to this question, right? More so than any other candidate. Yep. More people voted yes to term limits. Um, here's the question. I think that the council should, even though I voted against it, because it overall won, they need to change the ordinance and institute it i actually think it's the easiest out of the four right there's no administrative burden here oh right just change the law right that's it um they're gonna have a hard time not doing it i don't think there'll be repercussions if they don't though yeah i don't think you might remember if they just ignore it they just ignore it they shouldn't talk about it at all well right so it'll be interesting to see who of the newly elected champions this because Mm -hmm. i think it should be one of the very first things they do because it should be easy it should Mm -hmm. happen on one night the the city attorney's staff can gin up quick language and just be voted on and be done. Yeah. We'll see if they do it. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to comment on it passing or anything? Uh, just that 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 one was not a surprise. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about representative districts, which was, I think, the closest of the referendum questions. Now, in this one, I thought it was going to, I can't remember. I have to go back and listen to the podcast. Um, I was for it. Mm-hmm. I know you were wishy-washy. You were against it. I was against maybe it. you were for it, but then maybe still against it. So here's the thing. I thought I was a very small minority of people who did not want districts. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to, if I am this much in the minority, you guys might know something I don't. And so I'm willing to listen. But I did in the end vote against it. I still maintain that we need to not segregate ourselves. We need to represent everybody and we have to do a better job of that. Making council bigger is a first step. So I just think there are a bunch of steps in between now and getting to districts. Um, I was surprised. I was really surprised at that vote. What do you think the the rationale is you think it was your rationale? Do you think it's people who want to keep the power that they may you know, think they have? Well, okay. My catty knee-jerk reaction is that, of course, the West Side wants to retain all of the power they have amassed over the years. And, main, you know, if they district, they only get one seat on council. So I think there's 
maybe a little bit of that. People might have voted in so, out of self-interest. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we always vote. What am I saying? Of course we vote out of self-interest. Um, I, I think, and again, I go back to, I think we say a lot of things out loud because they sound progressive and correct. And then we vote a different way. So here's just one thing I've noted really on all the ballot questions and thinking back to the debates. Using Kate and Marissa, for example, I don't know other than the term limits. I think they voted opposite. Remember in the yes-no debates? I do, We call yeah. them the yes-no because they were asked, how, how would you vote? And then they had to put up yes or no. Yeah, I don't um, remember how they both I, Well, I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. And they came out opposite of what the voters wanted. Yet, so my point here is voters looked at what the candidates were saying. And I think the candidates were rel- the winning candidates were relatively uniform on the question. I think oh. all the winning candidates said they wanted... 17 year olds to be able to vote, right? 16, mm, I don't. Oh, all the winning all candidates. All the winning candidates. Yeah, okay. And then non citizen voting. I think all the winning candidates said it, or the majority of them did. Yeah. Yeah. And the majority of them said they wanted representative districts. Um, no, I know the, the yeah, I that's I think all the candidates wanted representative districts, or almost all of them. So, winning and not. Right. So that means voters saw that. Still voted for candidates, mm-hmm. but then voted opposite to what that candidate said they would do with the referendum. I don't. I, I think I don't think that those those candidate forums are so valuable, and I don't think anybody watches them. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. Except, I don't. I don't. Except us. I, yeah. I. I think out of how many voters? Twelve thousand voters. Uh. Yeah, 12,637. Yeah, so isn't that about the same as 2019? Very close. Uh, it's a couple of percentage points higher. Okay, yeah. but not a lot. No, not no. a lot. Yeah, so out of those 12,600 people, what, 500 might have seen one of the... Sure. Out of the three sure. publici- out of the three televised forums, sure. they saw one, maybe two. Right. No, no, absolutely. But here's the thing about that. I think most folks who vote they themselves may not have read much about the candidates or watched any of the debates, but someone in their lives who influences them and who they may have turned to in this election to just kind of get information about the candidates told them about it in some way. You see what I'm saying? So I, I call those people influential neighbors. Yeah, but were they talking, you know, were they saying, oh, well, you know, Kate is going to vote, you know, thinks this about this referendum sure. item. I don't know that Fair those enough. linkages are made. I think it's, oh, Kate's got a great government experience. You know, it, I just, I don't, I don't think that even you and I don't necessarily speak in those terms. Sure. No, no, right? that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit? The new mayor and council meet in a couple of days. Yeah, it's exciting. They get sworn in Sunday, 1 o'clock at the F. Scott Fitzgerald Theater. I hope there's cake after. That's why I'm going. Just kidding. I'm going. So what do you think? Like, what do you think they're going to do? What is their focus going to be? Because I don't know. I mean, the listeners probably know this. They set their own agenda, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's certain things they have to do. They have to look at. But for the most part, they can dictate. And so what do you think will be their... Top, I. Mm. That's a really good question. What are you thinking? I'm wondering about the budget. 
Yeah, yeah. A city um, manager. City, well, yeah, city manager, but that's a process, right? right. They've got to put out the um, RFP for the search firm, and they've got to blah de blah blah. There's a lot, a lot of groundwork for that. I'm sure they will be turning their attention to the job description and the profile of who they want. Sure. Yeah. So here's my big prediction for the mayor and council. Okay. I think this mayor and council. We all going to be excited and have high optimism. They're going to hit the ground running, and in about two to three months, they're going to fall into divisive factions um, with a lot of bickering, like every mayor and council okay, for so the last thirty years. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> you asked me the question, and I'm like, "Oh, it's not one agenda; it's going to be six agendas." No, I wasn't going to say that out loud. But since you brought it up. Yeah, I think that as wonderful and amazing as these people are, we are going to see factions and we are going to see bickering over the agenda. Um, and not just and I here's and here's what makes that dumb. We all kind of agree on a basic on basic principles and tenets and direction. But people are going to want their own priorities, right? They're they're going to have to start running. Even though we went to four-year terms from two-year terms, you have to start running again, right? You've got to build a record. Monique has a record. David Miles has a record. They don't. The new ones don't. So they have to start building that record so they can start running again. And that's where you're going to see fights over priorities fights over what goes on the agenda when fights on who gets to write the motion or propose the motion um I, that but you're right that's going to be hard to maintain one agenda so, a united front so the one thing that gives me a little hope is i think all the winners are under 60. yeah and the reason i bring that up is they don't come with a long history of grievances and baggage true. against each other. This is true. As far as we know. Right. They right? seem to get along pretty well. Right. And even if they don't, they don't have that history that some Correct. of the prior mayor and councils had. That's right. Where everything was a slight. So hopefully that, you know, makes them overcome some of the 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 pettiness that is inherent to a mayor and council system. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the case. And you're right. They don't have a lot of baggage. Let's hope they don't build bag, pack those bags. You know what I mean? Right. Or they pack those bags with good things. Right. And not with jealousy and one-upmanship. And so that's all, all the that. analysis I have. Yeah. I, I thought this election was, frankly, a little bit boring. I'm sure the candidates didn't think that. Um especially the first time, which was most of them first-time candidates. But it was very different from 2019. I wish we had had our old guard on. We had, um, I think I wrote about it, but I didn't talk about it. We did invite some folks who have been around and been part of campaigns in the past to just kind of talk about the differences they say, they saw between this campaign and the former ones. And nobody wanted to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Um, Last prediction I have is okay. that one of these winners will run for state office in the next election. 
Yeah, I was I'm putting that out there. I was thinking county, but yeah, maybe state. Yeah, something bigger. There's openings in state legislature. True. Yeah. True. So, we'll, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, no, there 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 are there are a few of them who clearly have the ambition and the and not in a bad way. I mean, right. that's you know that's a natural thing sure. to want to continue um, and build that. But I think you're right on that. All right. All right. So, okay. It's uh, almost Thanksgiving. Right. Almost Thanksgiving. Almost Thanksgiving. Do you guys have, I mean, we had Thanksgiving dinner with you last year. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I did all the cooking. You right. did? Yeah. It was delicious. Uh, so, I we have no traditions. We, either I cook if we're here or if we go out of town, someone else cooks. Yeah. So, I know, how about you guys? We've done Thanksgiving with you guys before. Yeah. Yeah, we if we either it's just the three of us or we cook more food and go to your house or you come to our house. I mean, it we don't really I mean, it's we make a fairly traditional dinner. We usually try one new thing. Like this year I'm going to make a bon appetit recipe with sweet potatoes with miso ginger Ooh, sauce instead yeah, of like yeah. sugary. Matt and Dave won't eat the sweet the sure. sugary sweet potatoes, so we might like this. So we're going to do a turkey and so let me tell you somewhere new I've eaten. Okay. So I left Rockville to go eat somewhere. Okay. First time in a long time. Mm-hmm. I drove three miles into this neighborhood. I think you may have heard of it called Aspen Hill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's this uh, place called Geo's Chicken, which I think is a chain. Mm-hmm. But, but each chain does things a little differently. Okay. And it's a Peruvian chicken. However... The chain, the Geo's Chicken in Aspen Hill, while it has Peruvian stuff on the menu, is mostly Nicaraguan food. And as you know, my background is Nicaraguan. So I saw this, I had to go try it. And let me tell you, if you've never had Nicaraguan food, which is probably the majority of people, it was fantastic. Geo's Chicken, Aspen Hill. Okay. You have to go. The guys who own it are fantastic. They're so nice. They'll explain what things are, aren't. And, um, yeah, it's wonderful. So if you're going to leave Rockville, it's definitely a place to try. More of a lunch place, but you can do dinner. That sounds really yeah. good. Yeah. Do you so. have a recommended dish that we should uh, just their, um Just ask them for their traditional Nicaraguan plate. Okay. And and they'll tell you what it is. And oh, it's steak and plantains with little, like, slaw. It's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, we'll try it. We're going to be gone this weekend, but we'll try it. Dave is running the JFK 50-miler because he's one of those people. Um, So we'll be gone. Uh, We have not really eaten out. We went back to Rasa a second time. It's just delicious. Uh, I did make a really delicious pot of chili. It's venison. It's Hank Shaw has this website called Hunter Angler Gardener Cook. He hunts and forages and fishes and then he cooks it and tells you about it so it's one of his recipes it's venison and bacon chili it was delicious huh how'd you source this venison uh our friend brett he hunted it he hunted it. <gasps> clutch my pearls i know can you believe you a rockville resident eating hunted venison oh i know my i know right i the deer god Y'all just eat the deer. You just lost listeners. I did. I lost listeners. We're gonna get hate. Maybe we'll get our first hate mail. Potentially. I, I don't know if you've ever seen, heard, or read anything about a USDA food lot that would make you change your mind about hunting. Fair enough. It's nasty. Fair okay, 
Well, Jamie, uh, it was great to get to see you before Thanksgiving. I hope we get to see Kim and Adela and all that. So, all right. All right. See ya. Take care. Bye.